Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Bigger disappointment. Nets or Lakers, 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776. You can hit us up on the Twitter feed, at Max. Guys, we are joined now Q. by Quinn Cook. What's My going brother. on, Q? I'm great. Yeah. What up, baby? Here. Great to be here. Great you to be here. Dressing all handy. black. You dressing all black like that? You come oh. out here looking mean. So you start the week. Yeah. Gotta start I'm the week you. off right. I'm with you. <laughs> I still can't You see the athletic you. position he's sitting in, Max? I do. I it's do. It's quite different than it's your It's very different. Yeah. But uh, I, I tell you, well, I have, like, Ben Simmons. I got the bad you back. You got the back issue. Uh, <laughs> all I know is key. When the Yo. Lakers put together that team, and it's like, well, they're probably going to pick up some 3 and D guys at the deadline, right? And then they never did. But then it's like, well, probably they at least get some shooting in there, right? At 15 minutes a game. And Quinn Cook is one of the dudes I had in mind. How do they not go out and get someone like that for that team, at least at the deadline, Key? Well, ask Rob Palinka. Don't ask me. Um, you asking me something that I <laughs> that I have no idea about. I've been trying to figure it out just like everybody else, man. I right. said it when he was on our show a couple months ago. He needed to be putting on the purple and gold. All right, Q, I'm going to go there right off the bat. Let's just get into it. You're from the DMV area. Yeah. KD is from the DMV area. Have you ever have you ever seen a player of his ilk, his caliber, in that game? You were at, you were at the game, yeah. correct? It, it kind of felt like he became human. He wasn't superhuman anymore. It felt like he it became a little bit smaller. Am, yeah. am I wrong with that assessment? Oh, I got to give credit to Boston. Boston, I mean, I sat right next to the bench, and obviously game one and two watching on TV is something – but being there and hearing those guys, like, they believe they're better than the Nets. And they took the challenge. They took the challenge. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to say KD shrunk or became human, but 11 shots, obviously, in 45 minutes. Q, his job is to convince them, I know you think you're better than us, but you're not. That's his yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 11 shots it isn't going to get it done, especially against this team. But Bruce Brown took 19 shots, Yeah, too. yeah. That, I mean, that's where I'm like – I hear KD on passing, get yeah. everybody involved. I understand that. But it feels like there's a certain point in the game where it's like, yo, it's time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we never got that. We never got that Saturday. So. But why didn't you get it, though, Q? Is it just because maybe he was trying to figure out everything and he got lost in the moment at that point? I mean, I, they're mucking up the game. You know, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're sending two on all his drives. You know, they're, they're, they're switching to a matchup 2-3 at times. And just really taking the ball out of his hands and turning Bruce Brown and, you know, Claxton and, and, and Dragic to, into your playmaker. playmaker. So, um, it's just it's, – it's, it's, they're the number one defense in the league for a reason. But also, a guy, you know, at that table, you know, like Kevin, you know, it's time to – you know, I'd rather him go out shooting 30 shots. So, I think that was the biggest difference that, Q. you know, we weren't used to seeing. I mean, MJ, Kobe, all the great scorers, right? They sent two and three guys and did all that yeah. stuff. And if those dudes ever had a guy like Kyrie on their team, then that dude should be going off for 40, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, what it, it, does it come down to coaching? Because MJ and, and Kobe had Phil Jackson, right? And these yeah. guys have Steve Nash, who was a rookie head coach, never coached at any level as a head coach, and does not seem to, to have this as a well-oiled machine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think uh, Steve – Obviously, he's a rookie coach, great, great, great player, two-time MVP, Hall of Famer, obviously. But um, it's a different level when you don't have the ball in your hands out there. And um, we can see that 
you know, there's times where Kevin isn't in position to, to like, when I was in Golden State with Kevin, we knew in the fourth quarter, Steve Kerr put him in his kill zones, and we knew it would be a bucket. We had a great chance of winning, obviously, with the team. But, you know, we knew Kevin, you know, would take us home. And here is just like, you know, their ATOs. You know, Kevin is getting physical, 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 being physical, uh, Boston being physical with him. And he's just extended out on a three-point line, and they're just sending help, help and double teams and stuff. So it's very, very hard. So you will want to see some ATOs. You want to see him want to block a little bit, you know, uh, free throw line extended. Um, a little bit more, but obviously, you know, Boston's doing a great job. It, well, here's one of the things that bothers me about it, though, Q, is that, you know, you talk about some of the schemes. It's, you know, watching – we had P.J. Calismo on a couple yep. of days ago and seeing how many times KD catches the ball above the free throw line where he turns and he faces. And typically, when KD catches the ball, he's one of the most efficient players there is in the world, yep. right? But, like, he doesn't dance with the ball – like, you know, those moves he sometimes does when he starts cradling back yeah. and forth, that's a rarity. He's usually one dribble, yeah. two dribbles. But when you turn in your face and you see two or three guys, Max, that's where you go back to the sideline yeah. and you talk about Steve Kerr in the kill zone. You, you hear about what Eric Spolster did with LeBron and D. Wade. Like, you have to give those guys a lot of credit now for how they've managed the talent on the floor. No, well. for sure, for sure. Key. Oh, I was oh, – Quinn Cook joining my guys – Two-time NBA champion, that is, Mr. Cook, joining my guys at Seaport on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. I wanted to ask you, Quinn, what 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 do you think the narrative will be, given the fact that they'll probably get swept here, uh, meaning Katie and, and Kyrie? What do you think the narrative is going to be going into next season for Katie? What are, what are the naysayers going to say, you think? Um, Obviously, that he can't do it by himself. He can't win, obviously. um. You know, him not getting it done at OKC championship-wise and going to Golden State for three years and winning two. Um, but then coming to Brooklyn and not not winning in his second year, um, being healthy, I think that's going to be the narrative. Just can't he get it done? Um, you know, they're not going to worry about Ben Simmons not being there. Obviously, you trade James Harden for Ben Simmons. They don't the, – the, the, the NBA, you know, talks won't be about Ben Simmons. Um I think it'll be just about if Kevin can get it done, and uh, no, no. you know, you talk about Kevin. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That make that make a lot of sense, though. I just feel like, I feel like they gonna they gonna do him they gonna do him like that because people have been sitting around waiting to do him wrong and yeah. say negative things about him because you know how it is, Q. That's just the reality of sports that we live in in today's world. Yep. We've seen it from my side, your side, Jay Will's side. That's just part of it. But, I mean, like, part of it is when you're in that rarefied air, you're being compared, like I said, MJ and Kobe, he's being compared to all the best who ever did it for good reason, right? Yeah. Like, I think you brought up the finals, and you were on that Golden State yeah. team with LeBron versus KD. Yeah. I get KD won MVP. You could have given it to LeBron, but his team didn't win. But right. they were outgunned, right? right? But LeBron was putting up. 40 and 15 and stuff like that. He wasn't getting done like KD is getting done right now. When there's a dude on the other team and Jason Tatum, who's guarding him one-on-one at times, who's giving him the business on the offensive end. Like, what? 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 Yeah. That, that's not KD. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, nobody saw this coming. Right. Nobody saw this coming. And, like, last year, he almost beat the defending champions, well, the champions at the time, yep. um, Milwaukee by himself. He was literally a, uh, he by was a, 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 a toe away from you know in the next series. So you know we we all live in the in in the present, um, live in the moment. But obviously, I mean, we all know what KD does. I don't think these three games defy who he is as a. 
basketball yeah. player in his career, but obviously he still has to you know, play better. Now, Q, I, I do want you to react, speaking of a guy who is being present in this moment, listen to what Kyrie Irving had to say about this team actually gelling and coming together. We're all just trying to gel, and, and usually you're gelling around the right time, and that, that team in the other locker room is gelling at the right time. They've been gelling since Christmas. Uh, so for us, we, we're, we're just in a, in a new experience uh, as a group, and, and we just got to respect that and just you know, bring everything we can to this next game and, and just do one possession at a time. You know, I don't want to be too cliche, but I don't have a lot of answers for how you make up time you know, from October until now. So my whole point off this cue was that is that the right assessment? 1,000%. Factual, right? But that's the assessment I'm going to say to your ass when we're in a locker room and it's just me and you. Right. Like when we're just talking as a team. And sometimes I think, like I, I've been on air multiple times because I think Kyrie, Kyrie is a gift to basketball. Kyrie? Ky- I, was, I was combining. That was a way of combining what? Kyrie and God. Kyrie, Kyrie he's, a gift, he's a gift from the gods so, to basketball. So, to sound, people, like, right? sound like something I don't want, that's for sure. What? But see, that, that's what people do. People do stuff like that. It sounds like something I don't want. Or people say the lack of awareness because you say something like this externally instead of internally. That's the problem that comes along with Kyrie. How do you, how do you respond to something like that? I mean, I think we all know what's been going on with the Nets this year. I mean, obviously, Kyrie with the mandate, you know, James being, you know, in or out, you know, obviously, Kevin being out sometime. Obviously, you know, it hasn't been perfect. And I don't think that's just something that, you know, should be said, you know, when you get down, you know, 03. I think we all understand what they've been going through, but at the same time, it's like a lot of luck comes with it. And, you know, Boston started out bad. They were 11th, 12th seed. They turned it around. So, yeah, luck or coaching? Especially Man, key, it, a mix of both. Yeah, especially key considering the fact like, look, I, I get it because of the vaccination, and I stand by Kyrie for his decision on that. But with that decision comes repercussions, right? right? It affects the relationship with James. Then KD gets hurt, and then it obviously gets to a certain point. But it almost feels like if Kyrie had came up and said, "Look, I understand a lot of this was on me. Like I, ha- I'm accountable in this whole thing, yeah. and I need to address it. But we will move forward collectively together." You, you almost wanted him to take accountability instead of saying we just haven't had time right. to gel in a way. You know what right. I mean? Hey, we, we, look, man. No, because no, 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 no. no, I was about to say <laughs> Kyrie's situation is so crazy that it's just like it is what it is. He's out on the floor, but somebody that's not out on the floor. I, I've been trying to tell these dudes between Max and Jay, they want to just, I don't know, go at Ben Simmons for his clothes. No. His 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 no. jury, no. his twenty million dollar, his twenty million dollar grievance, all that sort of stuff. Is that fair? Is that fair? Don't see how I try to frame the conversation. That's not what it is, Q. I, what do you mean? It's just the fact that when he when he posts <laughs> no, an but, IG yeah. emoji with this with the smoke coming out of the noses, yeah. that's what he usually does. Before he plays, when right. he does an interview right. and talks about how easy it is to insert him back. You know what that emoji lineup. was about? Yo, I'm going to wear all these chains. And when yeah, he, y'all come, all y'all chains, come and about everything. Is that fair, Q? Q, how, Q, how would you look at Ben Simmons if you were in that locker room? Real talk. Be real, though. I mean, we need you. <laughs> I mean, we're a seven seed. My back hurt, though. <laughs> nah, you, you've been out a year, dog. Like, come on. It's basketball. It's not. It's no, not, war, it's not Stephen not, A. said it's not MMA. You're not getting in the nah, octagon. Not getting the octagon. You're not fighting not, Tyson Fury. Nah, you're playing some ball, and I seen ball. you warming up. You're good enough to go yeah. for a couple minutes. Give and it a try. See, and, man, don't don't go to the dark I mean, side. I mean, but like, me. but like, he's playing with a guy like Kevin. Like, you know, he was out in 2019. He was out, 
you know, two, two and a half weeks. Man, someone got to guard that dude Tatum because Kevin can't do it. I'm, <laughs> you know, let's but, be but, honest. But, but like I'm saying, a guy like Kevin, he, he risked his Achilles, you know, for the Warriors, right? Well, okay, but isn't that an argument for Key? Like, he risked no, his Achilles got, for the hey, Warriors, hey, Max, and he's Max, never been the same, Max, really, on Max, defense at least. Max, it's uh, over. I don't, I, I don't know. Max, it's over. I dial in. Q got me. <laughs> I, I surrender. All right, you should be playing. I'm yeah, good. Nah, I mean, you know but, it don't take long for me to convince me. I'm good, Max. <laughs> okay, all right. You're, you're, you he come should over. be playing. I, you come I, over. I, I won yeah, I'm now. I'm yeah. over the dark side. All right, now. See, I'm all right, with you. I'm, you with you. I'm, yeah, with I'm you. good now. I just, I just was trying to hope and pray that from an injury standpoint that it was really so severe that he couldn't play. But I hear you, and now I'm putting myself in the locker room with you, and I'm saying to myself, if Q feel that way, then I better start feeling that way. Wait a minute. You mean when I, someone who Die. never played anything, did anything in his life, tell you the same thing, it means nothing to you, but when a man with NBA experience who played with KD two and did all these things, two, won two, two championships. championships, you mean now it means something else to you? That's outrageous. Yeah, it does. I'll have you know I simmed NBA 2K. Did I win a championship? No, but I did, you know, and I've been in franchise mode on Madden too, by the way. So, Quinn, Joker got one. He got one game against Golden State. Yeah. His team got one. Will the Nets get one? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You're going to get yeah. one. They got if to. If they get swept. That's they, what I, they got to. They have to. If they get swept. They have to. Quinn. Make, they'll make it 3-1 tonight. They'll make it 3-1 tonight. And, then, and if they don't. Ah, Oof. long summer. Man. <laughs> you know, it's, everyone's summer. so impatient, Q. I'd be worried that, like, I really believe if they have patience with this team, They'll get one, and I don't mean a win. They can win a championship. You got to do it the right way, yeah. get some extra pieces, all that stuff. It just feels like no one's trying to wait around for it yeah. and build toward it. They, if it's microwaved or they're out, right? Yeah. Like, do you get the sense that this group will win a championship, or at least KD, Kyrie will win a championship together? I think so. I think so. I think so. When next year, uh, I mean, obviously, it's kind of even crazy to talk about it now because they're still in the playoffs. But, you know, I think next year, um, Are they still in the playoffs, though, really? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> if they get tonight, it's 3-1. Yes, it is. That's it, true. It, 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 the dynamic change, like Nick Nurse says, just get one. That is Quinn Cook with us, giving the straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Quinn will be with us the rest of the morning. In 30 minutes, we're going to ask him if another dookie, Zion Williamson, just sounds funny when you say that word, yeah, should yeah. return for the Pelicans. Going to get to what happened at Yankee Stadium, though, first. This was on Saturday. This was on Saturday. The fans are just firing all kinds of objects at the Guardians outfielders. Obviously, there's no place for, you know, throwing stuff, you know, onto the field. This animal house that they call Yankee Stadium embarrassing itself in an ultimate way. That's never going to be okay. All right, so Cleveland was up 4-3 to three with two outs in the ninth, and uh, Kiner Falefa, who was, uh, to me, that in that Donaldson trade, as key as anything, because he is a gold-glove caliber shortstop, hit a double off of Cleveland's Emmanuel Clace, uh, uh tying the game and sending the left fielder, Stephen Kwan, into the wall as he chased the ball. So while a trainer went out to check on Kwan, outfielder Miles Straw was seen climbing the fence and confronting jeering Yankees fans. On the next play, Glaber Torres hit a single to win the game. And an unruly group of Yankees fans were seen throwing trash, including beer cans, onto the field. Ballpark officials in both dugouts took the field to ease tension. Straw first declined comment after the loss, 
but walked away saying brutal. Worst fan base on the planet. Later he explained his side and said uh, Quan is the nicest guy on the planet. Um, guys, I, I think there is a growing awareness in sports because athletes have been empowered through social media and their own platforms. They don't have to go through guys like me anymore, right? They can go direct to fans that – I think there, once upon a time, if you went toward the fans, you were always not only a bad guy, but they need to lock you up, this and that. And nowadays people say, okay, wait a minute. For the athlete to do that, what were the fans doing, right? And it's much more even-handed now. Nevertheless, he did confront the fans before they ever started throwing stuff, right? When they were just talking stuff. What do you think, Key? What do you think? You're a baseball Man, I, guy. You know, it's one of those deals where I'm never – one to point and blame the fans, but when the fans get underneath you, you're skiing, doing something. Something had to be said to a point, because I done been ridiculed to a, the ump degree, and it doesn't matter, but when you step out of line and you say something, or you throw something, now we take it to a different level. So I don't know what was said. Clearly something was said for him to climb up on the fence. Now look, he didn't go in the stands. This wasn't Reggie Smith, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers in 1978. This is one of those situations, but it could have ended up that way. I don't think that the fans should have been throwing anything just because he climbed up there. He didn't get into the stands. I don't think that the fans should have been throwing things at all. Not, not at all. Because now when you start throwing things, you could injure somebody. You know, it's, like, oh, it's nothing but a beer can. Well, what if that beer can is full? What if there's something in that beer can? You know, so that's the way that I look at it. Here's my thing. I, I think the fans are 100% in the wrong. If you're going to bark at a player, just like Kyrie, expect the player to bark back. Players bark back. You bark. Fine. That's what the exchange is. When you start throwing something at me and it becomes physical, now you elevate the exchange. So the fans are dead wrong on this one. But I actually give the Yankees a lot of credit. I give Stanton, I give Judge a lot of credit because they ran to the aid of the Guardians. And that's what that's – what, players should be like like hey look we're all here, out here competing we get that we want to have a competitive advantage but when it crosses a certain line we all know what time it is and yankees and guardian players feel like it crossed the line you know what the problem is though guys he didn't say those fans are the worst because those were that's those are certain fans at a certain section he messed up by saying worst fan base now let me tell you what the problem is there i'm a yankees fan Okay, I'm a Yankees fan. When you say worst fan base, oh, and this is how all yeah, and by the way, Yankees got more fans than any team in baseball around the world. They got the most fans. That's why they got the most money and all that stuff. They won the most championships, 27. You got Yankees fans all over the world now who feel like Miles Straw came at them. That's what it feels like when you say worst fan base on the planet. He should have said those fans. I'm not talking about all Yankees fans. Those fans are the worst. That's not what he said. Well, not yeah, what he said. Of, in the heat of the moment, he ain't going to say that. He's just going to say the fan base. And birds with feather flock together. We're waiting I mean, for a retraction. Sit, but he ain't going to sit there and be pointing, well, Max Kellerman's a good guy, but the other guy's a bad guy. That's just, I want him to name us all. You know, Max, Max, by name, Max, I want him to Max name wants, us all. Max wants him to be a politician, Key. He wants him to all be politically no, correct. It, always it, be it, accurate and correct. No, it just, it, you know how it is. If, if Yankee fans are in the stadium, you all lump together. It doesn't matter if it's one bad guy, man. One bad apple will ruin the whole tree. Mm -hmm. It's just the reality of it.
Well, the important thing is this, that I think we should take away from all this. Yankees won the game and swept the series. Can we all agree <laughs> that that's the important thing? They won well, the game well, and swept the series. Well, the important thing for me is I'm glad nobody got hurt. Yeah, yeah. That's what I am glad of because when you're throwing objects, man, and it, beer can, right? Yeah. yeah. You know. So what if it was a full beer? I think it wasn't full. That's why they were throwing it. it was one of the yeah, things. Well, yeah, exactly that. right. So. <laughs> yeah, it's an empty one. If it's full, then maybe they don't throw it. Hey, uh, I'll say this about sports fans. And by the way, I've been there when I was a kid at different times. And throwing people, stuff at people? No, 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 no. Not, I was just not about to say not, no, I'm saying you get to the stuff? point where you can't distinguish. It's why fanatic, right? You can't distinguish between how important the game is to your and your team is and real life. Right, like the fans, a lot of it, you're, it's compensatory, and that's part of the, what fuels sports. You're frustrated at your job, things aren't interesting, or things are hard, or you know whatever built, but you can escape into your team, and it becomes like a religion. So when someone's going at your team, I think some fans who get carried away, especially key if those beer cans are empty, s- start to lose a grip on reality. Like this yeah. is a game; it's not it's not real life. They think it's real life. Mm-hmm. They got to slow it down, man. Take a step back. It's a game. Becomes real life when that player's in your face, though. Yeah, man. No, exactly. Real quick. Yeah, it's not just a character on a screen anymore. You said things about his family or whatever you did, and now he's in your face. Do you remember when Reggie Smith went into the stands? Yeah, you said Mm -hmm. 78. I I think it was 78, right? It may have been. It was late 70s, I think, because I was a little kid. Yeah, 78, 79. And I think they were playing the Yankees. Uh-oh. Oh, How in the World Series, it would have been seventy-seven or seventy-eight. Uh-oh, yeah, I think it was seventy-eight. Seventy-eight, yeah, or eighty-one. Could it have been eighty-one? But our fan, but no, uh, no, it wasn't eighty-one. No, it was it was seventy-eight. 78. I believe. Yeah, I think but our right. fan base in LA, we're good. <laughs> you don't do stuff like that, although. That would be a lie because we actually do worse stuff than that. Man, fans used to run out on the on the on the field all the time. Players had to had to get off the field. Keyshawn J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance. It's draft week, and Mel Kuyper Jr. is going to tell you everything you need to know about the draft. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're going to play fill in the blank with Mel Kuyper Jr. right now. Evan, I want to play. You come in and host so I get to play. All right, here we go. Fill in the blank. Brought to you by Barbersol Shaving Cream. Barbersol comes with thick, rich, and doesn't break. That's why Barbersol is America's number one shaving cream. Close shave America, close shave Barbersol. All right, Mel, here we go. I'm going to read a sentence. I'm going to leave something off. You're going to fill in the blank. Okay. The first quarterback off the board will be? Uh, Malik Willis. Why? Get it. 
Okay, I filled in the blank. Now you want to watch. Yeah, okay. I do. <laughs> okay. I, I thought it was just to fill in the blank. Why. I'm just ready for filling the blank. So it's too early for any whys or wherefores. But, uh, yeah, he's to me, we talked about it. It's obviously Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis. Carolina's a possibility at six. But is it really? We don't know if they're going to trade out of there, what's going to happen at six. They're, this class is not a good class overall. Uh, people I talked to in the league are not excited. The one word I've used is uninspiring. So uh, trying to predict Willis or Pickett to me is tough. I'm going to go with the talent. Hopefully the league is learned that ultimately in the NFL, the best young quarterbacks have been the most gifted, except for Mac Jones last year. So was he an outlier last year as the fifth quarterback taken, turned out to be the best? If You, you don't draft outliers, so I would go back to the talent winning out. I'll go Malik Willis. Mel, could, could Malik Willis be the only guy drafted in the first round? Could Pickett get out of the first round? Let's, let's assume that the Pittsburgh Steelers, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. moves up, grabs Willis, or whatever the case may be, but he slides and gets out of the first round at his picket. I don't see it happening, Key, uh, but I could. I mean, like I said, there are people out there that I've talked to that think he's a second-round pick on rating, on grade, okay? Uh, so you would have to – to me, somebody's got to like these quarterbacks a lot more than I do. I mean, I'm at 17, 18, some are at 25 to 30. I'm talking about the rating, okay? So if you're taking them at 6 or you're taking them even at 20, you know, you still – there's going to be guys at 20 that are more highly rated than 17, 18 on your board. So you're going to have to stretch it a bit to take a quarterback in the top part of the first round or even in the middle part of the first round. All right. Now we're going to play fill in, fill in the blank, blank. But, Key, I want you to play too. You fill in the blank too and uh, – and I'll, I'll fill it in, too, Evan. Yeah. All right, so Mel already gave his answer. So blank quarterbacks will be selected in the first round, Key. One quarterback will be selected in the first round. That will be Malik Willis. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Uh, no, you know what? I'm going to say I'm going to say two quarterbacks. Pickett will go. If he's sitting there, like, you know, he'll go. He'll go. Two quarterbacks. I would with, agree. With the first pick, the Jaguars select Mel. Uh, that would be uh, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, just because of what they did on the offensive line. I know people still think Icky could be in the mix. Some people think Trayvon Walker could be in the mix. Uh, I'm going to go, the, the, not, not the safest, but the best player this year on the defensive line was Aiden Hutchinson, by far, in terms of production and consistency week in and week out. Uh, and you know what you're getting, and that's what they need. They have had no sack production in the last two years. I think it's Hutchinson. I think, I, I, Hutchinson... That that would be the guy. They they remind it reminds them a lot of a joy of Nick Bosa, number ninety seven coming off the edge in the Big Ten conference. They need to build a roster. I think they'd start with building it on defense. Yeah, we're talking about who's going to do what. They're going to take Hutchinson. Like that's he's the consensus number one pick. They got their quarterback, and now they're going to go get their guy to go get the quarterback. All right, blank offensive tackles will go in the top ten, Mel. Blank offensive tackles will go in the top ten. I'm going to say four, which would be Icky, Neal, and then you got Cross and Penning. Trying to find that fifth. I like Tyler Smith from Tulsa. I like him. I think he's a guy in two, three years you could be looking at and say, why didn't he go in the first round? The things that he doesn't do right now well are very correctable by a quality offensive line coach, but I'll say ultimately four go. I think three will go. I think Mel missed the mark by one. I think it'll be three. It'll be the Cross, Neil, and Penny. Neil will go before anybody, I believe. I think a lot of people like Cross, but Cross is a little bit short arm, not quick on his feet. It'll be interesting to see who grabs which one first, though. I I agree. I think. Th- I mean, what do I, I? I'd say three only because it feels like you can get some guys in the second and third round who can help you on your offensive line. So the question is, do people believe Penning, for example, is a difference maker? I think they do believe that Cross and Neal, and especially 
um, uh, especially uh, Iquanu is a, you know, I think those three guys they think are difference makers. Blank wide receivers will go in the first round, Mel. First, I just want to know who Key likes to get 32 picks in the first round. If you only have one quarterback and three offensive tackles, Key, to get the 32, I want to see some of those guys you're putting in your first round. That's what I want to know. But uh, I'm going to go six wide receivers in the first round. Five and a half is what I think Caesars has it out in Vegas. Uh, I think five, four are locks. Then you get into, do you think, Dotson, Watson, and Burks. Those are the three that are iffy, okay? If you get the one, say Burks, that gets you to the six mark, okay, the five mark. If you want to get the six, you've got to have Dotson or Watson or somebody else going. So I was, I was at five, but I'll, I'll push it to six and think that maybe Dotson goes because uh, he catches everything and he's got ability after the catch and he's got versatility. Uh, I'll think, but there's mixed opinions. Some think he's a second rounder. So five is pretty much not guaranteed, but feel, I feel good about five, but I'll stretch it to six. Six, six seems like a lot, though. I, I, I know there's a Jameson Williams. Williams you got Olave, um, London, London, Drake, London, and old, right. that's and then, three. And then Garrett Wilson's going first. Garrett right. Wilson is four. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the four locks. Then you yeah, get that's to the four locks. And you got Burks from Arkansas. If you want to go Burks to five, from, Burks from Arkansas, Mel. It, it, I'm afraid of his ability to change direction and run. Mm-hmm. Like right. he just. What's his real forty time? Not not that the well, forty time means right. anything because right. game speed is everything. But he's so stiff, you know, and that that's the thing that scares. I hate stiff receivers. I just don't like them. Guys, yeah. I think it might be like seven or eight guys in the first round because seven or eight wide receivers. Max, I'll tell you why. Okay. Wide out. Other than quarterback, if you really look at it, wide out might be the second most valued position, including mm-hmm. offensive tackle, including unless it's a special defensive. Like if it's a great corner or a great edge rusher, like really great, okay. But otherwise, I think everyone's looking yeah. for that wide out. And so when you squint, you start to see yeah. things that you want to see. I'm going to yeah. say over six. Yeah, I had seven in the mock, so I'm kind of with you on that, Max. I stretch it to seven in mock yeah. 4.0. I'm saying six now to be conservative. I'm still over the Vegas total of five and a half. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. This is going to be a tricky number. That five and a half is a great number because mm-hmm. uh, what Keith said, you can make that argument on. All right, two more. Here we go. The Jets will take blank and blank. With their first two picks. I'm going to go Sauce and Drake uh, with the first two picks. Sauce and Drake. That's four and ten? If I'm, mm-hmm. It's four and ten? Yes, sir. Sauce at four. So, Sauce gets past Detroit at two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'd say so they wouldn't grab Thibodeau and no. Drake. Okay. I think I think Sauce would be the guy to be the the shutdown guy in the AFC key because you got Josh Allen in their division, and okay. then you have the AFC loaded with quarterbacks. So I'm going to think they get the shutdown corner, and then they get the weapon for Zach because you can't forget about your young quarterback. Joe Douglas isn't going to forget about Zach Wilson, and he doesn't have a Drake London on that football team right now. So uh, I'll go, if they keep those picks, I'll go those two kids. But I would rather have a guy go get the quarterback because if I get a guy that can go get the quarterback in Thibodeau then I can always find a corner to hold yeah. up. But if a corner can't hold up because nobody right. can get to the quarterback, the quarterback I have all day right. long to throw, he's going to pick the corner apart. I like Drake London at 10, though. I will say this real quick. I had Thibodeau going there uh, at four in the mock four point. I was told by people I respect that ain't happening. Mm. I, yeah, I was hoping Thibodeau and uh, uh, Drake London, I think, is going to the Jets. It, it, it ain't happening because he's going to be gone or it's not happening because they don't like him. It's just not happening. That's what I was told, and it was no reason given. It's, he's not going to be a Jet. I don't know if that's true or not, but I think he will be there. If they pass, then he becomes – there are a lot of people who think he could slide down the nine. Yeah, I want okay? sauce on the Giants, so I don't wow. want the Jets anywhere near sauce. All right, there it is. 
Great Mel Kuyper Jr., ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Mel, as always. Have a great day, guys. All right, Mel. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. The top seed in the West. Now a best of three. We might see a former number one pick before the series ends. What? That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Rob Domofsky, our, uh, our great Packers reporter, took a picture of this. He put it on Twitter. I, uh, I texted it to our group of a ref at his kid. His kid plays like travel AAU basketball. The ref is on his phone. And this guy replied with a video of it. The dude is literally on speakerphone. He's making a call while he's making calls in the game. What would you do, Key, if you showed up to your kid's AAU game and this ref is on his cell phone during the game? I would have a real problem. Like, dude, what are you doing? I wouldn't say it like that. I would say some other stuff, but yeah, I would. I would have a serious. I would have a serious problem with it. What are you like? You're supposed to be refing the damn game. Unless it's an emergency, you call timeout and you put everybody aside. You step out and you use your phone. But sitting on a wall, chopping it up to your homeboys, like, what are you (laughs) doing? He's running up and down the court on speakerphone. Like, yeah, if it's an emergency, that's one thing. But it's an emergency. Aren't you going to leave the game and be like, I'm sorry, I have a family emergency. Or you step step out to the side and come back and say, I got to leave. Let me ask you you something. Did Did he miss any calls? Well, clearly not. He's on his phone. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if you – it is audio, right? Like, if you had AirPods in or something, you could still probably call the game. I guess you figured, what the hell, they only paying me 40 bucks a That's game. The thing. So That's no real the money thing. to be lost in that situation for him. Right, right. That's but, why he probably was like, whatever. You know, you could multitask there, I think. I think, I think like, you could, you, could get, you could make all the calls and still, you know. No, Max. Yeah, I think so. No, you got to call the game. Yeah, you can't have a but he phone. Did. Yeah, but you got to call it right, though. You're missing, you're missing calls. He's literally not missing calls. He's answering <laughs> no, his No, he's phone. taking all his calls. <laughs> he's, he's making sure he gets all the calls. He's t- oh, he's, God. He, it reminds me of uh, what was the Seinfeld. Uh, I know this is Key's favorite show. Evan, no, where, favorite show, not him. Where, where uh, Key's favorite show, Seinfeld, where um, he was Kramer was telling the story about how he's on the bus and he's still making all the stops, right, as he's fighting the guy or whatever it is. This, that's what the ref was doing. He was making all the stops. What's wrong with that? Yeah, I, yeah, I wonder what, what uh, Damaski thinks about that. What did he say? Like what was his what was his thoughts? Did he feel he like, said, ah. "I've officially seen it all." Ref on the phone during the game did it for the last three possessions. What was the score? 
Uh, they don't have the they don't have a ticker, I've Max. Seen, There's no look, score bug on the AAU game. Yeah, but like, let's say they're up a dozen points, three possessions left. Uh, you know, come on, Max. You one of those parents? I already know at a game. Oh God. I'm lawyering up like you did on just, Ben Simmons, Ski. I didn't lawyer up. You lo- well, no, you but you play devil's advocate. I'm using the incorrect expression, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing devil's advocate. All right, look. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, we are back in 10 seconds from right now with Tim Legler. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Full house here on Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Not only do we have two-time NBA champion Quinn Cook, but we're hanging out with us. Just been hanging out with us for like the last hour. We got Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst with us. What's going on, guys? What's happening? Morning, good. morning, morning. All good here. Yes. I don't have to play against the Celtics defense. I feel great. No, it, it, <laughs> by the way, Legs, don't be too hard on yourself. You're playing as many minutes as Ben Simmons will in go, the series. There you go. Hey, Absolutely. Oh, hey, yo. I'm not dressing like a bowl of Fruit Loops. I can tell <laughs> oh, you that. Hey, yo. Hey, whoa. Hey, yo. Don't talk Bing about bang. people are dressing. Key does not like that. Oh, Key. That's not. It's, look. <laughs> key. What's up, Larry? It looked like somebody. Look, I took, I took a picture of the screen watching the game, and, and he was standing up by himself over there. It looked like. Someone had photoshopped somebody onto the picture. Literally, it, that's what it looked like because of of the entire bench. Right, all those guys are all dressed in all black, and then you had Ben Simmons. That mixed colorful, colors. He colorful pants. by the coaches. And and that's the NBA way, man. Very I hear you. expensive I and ugly, ugly stuff that costs a lot of money. <laughs> that's right. Showing up that's at the right. games wearing seven ropes around his neck. Green lambskin jackets, like drawing a lot of attention to himself for a dude who's not getting out on the floor. And then being ruled out for game four. Yeah. Right? So what do you make yeah. of that? I'm uh, not surprised. What? Not surprised. You're just tying it all together, Keith. No, I'm not surprised by that, honestly. I mean, I know that he, he got people, you know, expecting it and they're sort of tantalized what's that going to look like. But the whole time for me, it's like what he is dealing with in his return to the court, his anticipation of that, and to be thrust into this environment, this situation with this many eyeballs on him at this time of the year against that defense, I, I just I, I didn't expect it. Now, look, if somehow miraculously they come back, they start winning games, he can't put this off forever. So at some point, if he was this close in game four, well, what if they win game four? Doesn't that mean he has to play in game five? Tim? Basically, right? Tim, I think I would... he's trying to delay it as long as he can. And I think the best thing for him is to get to the summer, man, Three. hit the reset, come back in the fall, re-energize, right place mentally, physically, and then be ready to help your team. Tim, I would yeah. play you the sound from earlier in the show, but Quinn Cook is sitting right here. Quinn, what, if you were his teammate, though, what would you say when he's practicing? Is this that, but he's not getting out there, and your back is against the wall? We need you, bro. Yeah. We need you bad. And obviously, it's under, not under man, but, I mean, you trade an all-star James Harden for Ben Simmons, you know, theoretically. And obviously, you get Seth and, and, and Dre. Seth and was ailing. He's back? Yeah. But you need Ben Simmons. 
you know, that I, I don't want to say it gets you over the hump, but, you know, it, it'll help Kevin and, and Kyrie out tremendously. But see, what I don't understand is that, so why do the emoji, emoji on your IG page, right? That's typically what you always do before you're about to play. Yeah. Why do an interview about how easy it is for you to be inserted back into the lineup? And then the, the word, the operative word was soreness. And when I hear soreness, like, all right, soreness doesn't mean, Q, that you can't go. Right. Soreness to me means that you're choosing not to go because you're sore. Like, so, I, like, I agree with you that I thought they should have shut this thing down from the beginning. Yeah. I put a lot of the onus on the Nets for even letting this link. I would have nipped it in the bar. He's not playing. He's not playing. I would have kept an element of surprise. I didn't know why I even got to this point. But it felt like there was buy-in from Ben, too, though. 100%. And, and, and you're right about, you know, what, what the difference between – hurting and being injured they're two different things and it it seems kind of vague exactly what he's dealing with I'm with you and I said it from the beginning he needs to just get to an offseason to buy some time to get himself right oh by the way that will give him a chance to acclimate himself with his teammates in a better way because you can see right now to me he looks like he's lost credibility in the locker room and on the bench, when he's talking to guys, it doesn't even look like they're like buying into the fact that he's even speaking to them on the bench. Mm-hmm. And that is how you feel sometimes as an injured player. You, you feel so isolated and you feel detached from the team. Get to a summer, show up every day to work with these guys, show them that, okay, I'm right physically, this is what I can bring to the court. And by the way, when, when opening night hits next year, I'm going to be out there with you guys. But right now, to just constantly be talking about this and have you know, him not ready, I just think you're doing him a disservice, and I think you're doing the Nets a disservice. Move on without him f- for the rest of this season. He was in the same draft. He went one overall. Brandon Ingram went two overall. And for many years, no one would put Brandon Ingram in the same sentence with Ben Simmons. Uh, but right now, who'd you rather have? The guy who just helped knot up his series against the championship favorites when this all started in these playoffs, Brandon Ingram or Ben Simmons, who won't get out there. Uh, Brandon Ingram, I always thought legs, and, and, and I always thought, Q, that he was an empty calorie stat guy. But no, not. not. And, and Jay points to the fact that they went out and got the right teammate for him. What do you guys think, Q? I'll start with you. I mean, obviously a little Duke biased, but yes. you know, mm-hmm. I'm a B.I. fan. I'm a B.I. fan. I, I love B.I. I've, I've seen him grow over these past couple of seasons with him being the number one option and acclimating Zion, you know, the last couple of years and then getting C.J. this year. Um, I think he still, you know, inserts himself as that number one. And C.J. is fine with that, I think. And, you know, to be the first Pelican player to, you know, have three consecutive 30-point games and, you know, Take this, you know, obviously the Suns have been the best team in the league this year, obviously with no deep book, but B.I.'s been the best player in the series, and uh, he's established his will in his first playoffs. It's it's big time. And, Legs, that's what's so incredible about C.J. There's not a lot of ego that comes along with him as a leader. He understands in order for this team to be the best version of themselves, they need B.I. to be that dude. That's why I told Max, like, he's the perfect teammate to set up the next chapter for Brandon Ingram to become the player that everybody thought he could when he got drafted. Yeah, you know, these guys come in and they're so young and we want to make quick determinations on them. All right, so go back to his first two years in the league. Brandon Ingram, you could see the talent was there, right? The length and the handle. Problem was he could get knocked off his spot easy. He was taking a lot of shots going to the rim that were off balance. So he's an inefficient player because he's not strong enough to play through the contact. 
Look, this guy's not all of a sudden Adonis. He doesn't have that body frame, but he is significantly stronger now. He can handle the ball against traffic. Guys can ride his hip going to the basket. It doesn't affect him anymore. So now you've got a guy that's six foot eleven that can shoot the ball from anyone on the floor, handle it like that, and can now play through the contact you need to to be an elite-level wing scorer. Guys that look like Brandon Ingram and score the way that he does win championships. Those are the kind of guys that you need because they can literally get a quality shot against any defender, against any scheme because of the length, the shooting ability, and the handle. And that's what Brandon Ingram yeah, has turned himself into. That's, what, when, that's like when you talk about uh, C.J. Mack, I'm not Max yeah. J. I think C.J. was conditioned in Portland with Dame not to have to be the alpha dog, the leader. And so he sits perfectly in a role in New Orleans where he's comfortable with letting Ingram be Ingram. That's such a great point. So many young teams make the mistake, I think, front offices, no veterans, like who really get minutes and can still really play, right? Oh, a guy on the bench, or you, got, you brought in veteran leadership who's contributing, right? So that it changes the whole tenor of a young up-and-coming team. Will the Steelers find a replacement for Big Ben in the draft? Our mock draft continues, ESPN Radio. G-Sean, J. Will, and Max, the podcast.